Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South and across the world? Wherever you're listening at WWL.com or the Radio.com app, welcome on into the last lap. Look, legacies, really lives altered by the NOLA no-call. Perhaps none more than those of Drew Brees and Sean Payton. We're going to be talking about that. Do you think history will judge that ending and their legacies correctly? And in fact, our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll here, top of the show, whose legacy is impacted the most by the no-call? Peyton Brees or Gail Benson, you can cast your vote at www.com or the radio.com app. We will, towards the end of the show, talk a little LSU basketball, who's in the back in the top 25. Pelicans looked good yesterday without Anthony Davis, but a lot of Saints therapy coming here on Tuesday. Phone lines are open. We have one spot left for you, so if you want open lines first two hours at 504-260-1870 the text line is 870-870 nick underhill will be on the program we'll get his thoughts on the no call he covers the saints for the advocate of course and then ollie cosell editor-in-chief of the birdrights.com third hour to talk some pelicans hey, look the the entire fan base here we're in collective mourning over the nola no call and the Saints lost to the Rams in the NFC championships certainly one of the worst moments in league history I went over this yesterday I'm not sure if there was a singular moment in league history that has the chance to affect the league and, and damage their integrity and credibility like this one and again not hyperbole to say lives legacies changed forever after that moment of total incompetence by the way there's still been no official response from the NFL none from Goodell or Al Riveron, or anybody inside those league offices, cowardly stance here from people who somehow made a career out of making cowardly decisions. Look, admitting this egregious mistake, first of all, it's obvious. Secondly, it wouldn't fix what happened. Thirdly, it would be a small first step here at healing the open wounds from that moment, right? The world still remains waiting for the league to do the right thing. Do the right thing, people. People are mad. You should be mad. I get the essence of professional football is its value as a form of entertainment. It doesn't lessen the pain of what happened to anybody involved or the fans like you listening who invested themselves heavily in this season. This is true. Countless people inside and outside the organization we're literally going to lose money and lots of it because of the blunder. Full disclosure here, I was going to go to Atlanta. I lost a lot of money because of that call, but I haven't even been thinking about me. That's just the honest truth. I haven't thought about me or cared about losing my week in Atlanta once during the last three days, not once. Anger justified. It can be kind of therapeutic, right? That's what we're doing on this Tuesday, Tuesday therapy. Super Bowl boycotts, Tracy's. Uh, I saw two other bars today jumped on that bandwagon. They're going to boycott the game, not show it in sports bars across New Orleans. That's not going to harm anybody except the league who was culpable for the no call, along with their advertising and media partners. Downward pressure on television ratings can be an effective tool to nudge the NFL towards action. Look, boycott away. 
But the reason I'm opening my show with this commentary is because there are instances here when the collective freakout has led to unreasonable actions. Start with this. And, and we got to have an on, honest conversation here. And you should be having this honest conversation with your friends and family if you see them doing stuff like this. But harassing or threatening physical violence on the game officials is not only done in incredibly poor taste, folks, it's extremely dangerous in the world we live in. The city of New Orleans and the local sports fans were known for humility, hospitality, and this general graciousness in welcoming guests into town. There should be zero tolerance from all of us for people who are using what happened on the Superdome turf as an excuse to act like villains in a Westworld theme park. Now, fortunately, there's been very few reports of stuff like this happening, but come on, one instance is way too many. Stop it. Be better and hold your friends and family accountable if you hear stuff like this. Now, then there's these many petitions proclamations coming from the city of new orleans lawsuits we heard about that moving forward in the wake of the disastrous missed call i'm gonna be honest again here anybody taking part in those you need a serious reality check if you're using our courts of law to litigate the results of a football game it's not going to be productive in getting the result you want using government resources to issue proclamations about the game not going to change anything. Petitions, billboards, they're fun sideshows here. Don't have any real substance. I'll tell you what all those things do extremely well, though. They make everybody involved look extravagantly petty. You want petty wars, you got them. Whatever stage of grief you're in, I think I'm somewhere in between denial and anger here, probably. <laughs> Nonsense like that, proclamations, lawsuits, not, not the productive answer here. Again, if you want to make real change, boycott the Super Bowl. Or you can contact the NFL directly. you got the phone numbers to the league, emails. There's one online right now, www.com. If you're looking for a release, I get it. Go throw a party or a parade. I look, we do that well in the city. It's carnival season. It's Mardi Gras season after all. We do this very well. I think Crew de Vue and Crew de Tot are going to have a lot to say about that game and that call. That should be fun. But can we please leave the pettiness to other fan bases i'm not saying don't be angry i've told you my anger level is still at a 10 out of 10 on this but we are better than some of that other stuff here you can find my commentary online at wwl.com right now you can also uh, take part in a live facebook chat coming up at nine o'clock on that so we'll leave that behind i just wanted to make sure that we have some kind of perspective on this again be mad be angry be frustrated but take it out in the right way lawsuits aren't going to do anything petitions aren't going to do anything city proclamations aren't going to do anything and certainly threatening violence on the officials it's not only not going to do anything well hopefully it doesn't do anything if it does it's going to be really really bad and not in the you know not something we want associated with our fan base here okay phone lines are open for you now 504 260 1870. If you want to talk about this, we'll start it off with Tony in Australia tonight. Tony, what's going on down under, man? Why is it? I'm all right. We're working through it, man. Um, you used the word cowardly. I'll add another one to it, gutless, because I did ring uh, the NFL head office on one of those, on the 
mm-hmm. number ending in 2000, and I was answered, and I explained that I was calling from Australia, and I'm an avid New Orleans Saints fan. Guess what happened? What's that? Straight to messages. Of course. <laughs> No, I, Didn't I mean, I bend? Yeah, you know, look, I mean, you, you had to expect that, though, right, Tony? Didn't I? Yeah, because they got us to to accept. And, and with them not coming out and making a statement, anyone from the head office making a statement on, on what happened, and, and, and that hoo-ha about either trying to, you know, word it correctly, well, a lot of garbage. Just come out and, and admit there was a mistake. We're working on it. We're looking to the future to make sure things like that never happen again. Yeah, Tony, you said it's a load of garbage that they can't come out with a statement. Completely agree. Cowardly, it's garbage. I don't care you're wrangling over language. Come out and say something. All all Roger Goodell has to do, and if you've listened to the show, you know that I have defended Goodell here, and he's persona non grata in this city. There are instances when I have defended him to a lot of your fan uh, just distraught. Who are distraught about some of the things he's done? But I've defended him in the face of that. I'm not defending him here. Come out. Say something. You're paid $40 million a year to do it. My goodness. Thanks for the call, Tony. We will go now to Gerard Uptown. Actually, Terrytown. Gerard, welcome into the show. Hey, you know, I'm going to tell you. And when we, I was watching the game live, and the call is just unbelievable. But when when we had first down on the 16, I think 18, with a minute 48, and they had two timeouts, I think everybody's first reaction was you run the ball, kick the field goal, they get their first offensive possession at sub 40 seconds. No, but that's not and true. But Gerard, I got to stop you there. First of all, saying if you want to run the football, that is a valid. Uh, opinion but we got to make sure we have the facts right here Gerard I've heard this for the last three days and it's just not true if you run the ball three times there they're going to have about a minute 10 left by the time you kick the field goal not 40 seconds well when you look at it, it's a minute 10 at the time you set you set up you kick the field goal yeah so a sub you kick it off at a minute so the first offensive possessions coming in at forty. No, well, it's, it's twenty. No, I mean it's not. I mean, come on, I mean we're, we're splitting hairs here a little bit. But if you're kicking it at a minute ten from a twenty-yard field goal or whatever it is, then you're taking three seconds off the clock. That's one oh seven. They're going to kneel the ball. They're going to kneel the ball. They're not returning it. They're going to kneel the ball. And even if they you're do, right. it's not you're taking right. twenty seconds off the clock. I'm not discounting but, you saying run the football. That is a valid opinion. I'm just saying let's make sure we have the facts here. And by the way, the facts are the Rams. They took it down to the 30-yard line, the 33-yard line, in 53 seconds when they didn't have any timeouts left. Or they had the one timeout left, I guess. So that is plenty of time for the Rams to drive down and get a field goal. And by the way, maybe the, the kicker with the biggest leg in NFL history. They only had to get it to about the midfield. Again, I'm not I'm not trying to clap back at your, you're wanting them to run. I think that is valid. I didn't have a problem with the play calling at all. And make sure you're being consistent, by the way. Not you, Gerard, necessarily. I'm talking about every fan and every every person listening out there. If you were somebody that was nagging at Sean Payton last week because he ran the football against the Eagles for a six-yard loss and you thought, well, Sean Payton got a little too conservative, don't come back the following week and say, well, the Saints were too aggressive in that spot. 
come down on one side of the fence or other. And by the way, Sean Payton called a run play on that first down play, and it was Drew Brees who audibled to the short slant on the left side. And it was a good audible. It was a good check and play call because Thomas was open. It would have been a five-yard gain or perhaps a touchdown if he gets by the first tackler. Drew Brees just made a bad throw. If you want to blame Brees for something, blame him for that throw. It was just a bad throw. Good call, though, Gerard. Thanks for calling. We'll take a break here. Back with many more of your calls. 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap. The last lap just getting started here on WWL. We are rolling. Here's a text from the 337. Seth, I'm sort of okay with most of what you said, but telling us how to vent and not to vent is not appropriate. Second, lawsuits are not about um, – there's a lot of text here, and the way our text system goes, uh, just letting you know that if you send a long text, it gets all jumbled up, but he's basically saying don't tell us how to um, vent our frustrations, and, and lawsuits can be a viable way to show that pettiness because – um, he's a season ticket holder, and he was sold a bill of good. This is not pettiness, says the texter from the 335. Well, uh, from the 337, rather. Well, texter and everybody who feels that way, first, I'm not telling you how to vent. I'm just pointing out some things that are that look pretty petty and aren't going to be productive. Lawsuits are one of those things. And this would be like going to a restaurant that you were so amped up to go to. I have done this before, some of the restaurants, I'm not going to name which ones, here in the city. I go, and the experience is so unbelievably bad, I never go back again. You can't just say, because the experience was bad, you're going to sue the restaurant. Should I have sued the restaurant? Because what I ate wasn't very good. I could talk to the manager and see if he'd, you know, comp my meal or something. I didn't in that case. He might have if I did. But if he says no, I'm not going to be able to sue the restaurant and say, well... You know, you had the steak on your your menu, and you said it was going to be good and juicy, and it wasn't good and juicy, so, you know, I want half the restaurant. What? Come on. Lawsuits, proclamations by the city, petitions. I'm just telling you they're not going to be productive, and they look petty. All right, back to the phone lines we go. We will start it off with Stephen in Jefferson Paris. What's up, Stephen? I got three things. Uh, <clears throat> the one that really bothers me is uh, – I went to the game and I taped it and I got to look at a little bit of it this morning. When I got to the last play of the first quarter, I saw something that uh, I'm hoping you can explain it. Cause it doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Uh, the coach, the coaches, uh, uh, McVeigh is on the sideline and they have a split screen. They showing McVeigh trying to, trying to talk and they had the split screen with the, you know, because, because of the noise. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden you see number 60, the ref, come up to McVeigh, look at him, and he, he starts hitting his – the ref starts hitting his clock, his watch, pet, knocking on his watch until McVeigh looks at him. He says something to McVeigh. McVeigh looks up at the time, and all of a sudden his eyes get big, and he changes the call. And to me, it's like the ref went up to McVeigh and told him, hey, the clock the, – the, 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 the quarter's going to run out before the time clock runs out. Don't run a play. And I don't know how else to explain it other than the ref out of nowhere comes up to him and starts hitting yeah, on his watch and he, tells him. Well, uh, I don't. I didn't see the play that you're referencing, Stephen. I will say that, and I don't know the exact 
regulations for what or rules for what the officials are allowed to tell the coaches. I will say the league expects that these officials on the sideline, the sign judge, the, the field judge, the linesman, they communicate which the, with the coaching staff and certain things. And it could have been something just as simple. And I'm not saying this is what it was. I haven't seen the play. But it could have been something just as simple as the play clock reset. And if they reset the play clock, then they're supposed to communicate that to the play caller, the head coach, and then the quarterback. So I'd have to – you said it was late in the first – quarter so I guess I'll go back and look at that and see if I can see what you're talking about I don't know the play you referenced what I will say is uh, there could be many logical explanations um, for that thanks for the call let's go to Brian in Covington welcome to the show Brian how you doing Seth I'm okay you sound yeah I heard that big sigh Brian sounds like you're still dealing with dealing with it too oh I'm still stinging actually I called you last night we talked I I was telling you about the uh my theory about going back to the to the Patriots Rams back in 01 with you know the Patriots winning the Super Bowl after 911 um mm-hmm. but I've I've kind of I mean that's that's still in my head all of those those are too many coincidences to just be coincidence um but it's just it, it's still to me the only fair thing cuz even the NFL does eventually come out and make a statement and say yeah we were wrong we you know we blew the call it should have been pass interference that don't really help us because now you're just saying, yeah, that's right. The Saints should be in the Super Bowl. But I mean, the only fair thing is is to to do like what. And I know a lawsuit ain't going to work, but to to get that game somehow restarted or get the decision reversed and and put the Saints where they deserve to be because the Rams don't deserve to be that. This is a a tainted Super Bowl. That and I'll tell you what I'm going to do on Super Bowl Sunday. I actually was supposed to be six to two, but I'm going to be. Uh, three to ten instead, uh, working. Uh, but when I get home, I have the Road to Forty Four Blu-ray, and that's what I'm watching. Ah, okay. Oh, I like that one. There you go. I think I've heard a lot of fans say that's what they're going to do on Super Bowl Sunday. I think that is a certainly a viable alternative. Maybe I'll do that too. Any top-down conspiracies? I guess it's it's interesting to think about. I just I have a really hard time believing that there's any directive from Roger Goodell or anybody inside the league offices to say tilt the officiating in that game one uh, one way or another. I do think it is very odd and not a good look that you have four California referees, officials in that game rather, and two of the guys in on that call, I believe, are from the Los Angeles area. So, yeah, it's just not good optics here. You have human bias, natural human bias. If you're officiating a game for a team in your city, I mean, I don't know. I I just don't understand how those guys were allowed to officiate that game. I will maintain here, this wasn't Bill Vinovich's fault. Bill Vinovich was the head referee in that game. That wasn't his fault, and he's been one of the better referees in the National Football League. I don't want you know to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. I don't think this is about him. Lots more to come here. More of your calls coming back in just 60 seconds. Well, we're still reliving the no-call in NOLA, the NOLA no-call, something that will be talked about really forever in NFL history. And, yeah, it happened down here in the Superdome to the team that that we follow here. I I never expected that I would be covering something like this, and I don't think any of you thought that the team that you root for would be going through something like this, but here we are. Want to answer a text from the 504, he, he or she has texted me four times saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, answer my question. And then he says, three Rams, three runs, the Rams will get the ball back with about 57 seconds and no timeouts. Again, that is not true. 
I mean, you, you can do this math any way you want here. You had 155 on the clock after the gin catch. Was it 158 or 155? Was it 158? Bob, Bobby's still in studio. 158. So you had 158 there with the two timeouts. Two runs plus the two timeouts the Rams had, and you're at about 150. Then you run the ball again, like you're saying, on third down, plus 40 seconds run off the clock. You're about to a minute, five seconds. Right? Field goal, they're not returning it. I, I mean, I don't know what you want here. By the way, the Rams moved the football past midfield in about 30 seconds. And they have a kicker that nailed a 57-yard or 58-yarder to win the game. <laughs> so what are you talking about here? Are you saying that Zerline would have missed some 60-yard kick because he wasn't missing that day? Let's not blame Sean Payton here. And any of these national yahoos that try to say, oh, this is about Sean Payton's poor play calling, or this is about Drew Brees' bad game, nonsense with that pull your head out of your rear people the saints regardless of did they play the perfect game no did they do enough to win yes they were gonna win the game if the worst call in the history of football doesn't happen the saints kick a 20-yard field goal or so a chip shot and they're on to the super bowl so Sean Payton, was he perfect? No. Did he do enough to win? Yes. Was Drew Brees perfect? No. Did they do enough to win? Yes. That's the bottom line here. Like saying Sean Payton, you know, is a terrible head coach or play caller because he didn't call a perfect game. Like, what's your expectations here? Are you saying Sean McVay called a perfect game because his decision to kick it from the half inch line instead of run was one of the most bizarre calls I've ever seen? I was talking with some Rams reporters there. They said Sean McVay hasn't made that decision in two years there. They thought he got conservative, and he was, for lack of a better word, they're scared. He was kind of in over his head in that moment. You saying Sean McVay or Jared Goff played a perfect game? Well, I'll go toe-to-toe to you for years on that one. Get out of here with this. Is, oh, it's about Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees not being perfect. Horse pucky. Back to the phone lines we go. Let's talk to Miss Carol in Houston. Welcome to the show, Miss Carol. Well, Seth, I'm going to tell you, I cannot blame Bobby for ramping and raging, and I know he's still in the studio, but I'm going to tell it like it is. Yes, I cried. I cried because my Saints played excellent football through the season and to make it to this point. Seth, that call, people said, don't say Rob. We were raked, robbed, cheated, and everything else you want to call it. Listen, that's just like taking something from me, and I'm totally blind. I mean, I'm mean, i from New Orleans, even though I'm, I'm living in Houston because of Katrina, but my God. Come on now. If I was there with you guys, I'd hug the the guts out of you guys because you guys are telling it like it T-I-S is. It's wrong. Yeah, no, you can't make make right. You can't make wrong right. You can't. That's just it, Miss Carol. And look, I knew you'd be fired up, Miss Carol. Thanks for calling and listening. You're right. You can't make wrong right. And for me, wanting the league to issue a statement 
No, that's not going to make the wrong right, but it's a good first step here. What are people, are, do, do some people on the text line, I, I'm serious about this. Are you listening to a different show? A text from the 832 is saying, I said the Rams basically, I'm not going to read his whole text, the Rams will get the ball back with a minute 30 seconds left. What? I never said that. I don't know what show you're listening to. Come on here. They get the ball back with around a minute five minute left, give or take a little bit. Give, I mean, if we're, if we're splitting hairs over a few seconds here. We don't know exactly how long the runs are going to take. Inside, outside run, toss, not toss, how long the field goes. Again, we're splitting hairs here, but it's about a minute five minute left sometime around there. But yeah, Bobby says the officials needed a huddle, no doubt. You can come on the air here, Bobby. Yeah, come on, you don't need to. You don't need to be too behind the scenes here. You're still no, here. No, Turn no. on the mic. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I I can't even sleep at night. But 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 the bottom line is that you got to get it right. You got to get it right. So if all of a sudden you're unsure, you know you you can pick up a flag. They pick up a flag all the time. Mm-hmm. You throw the flag and say, well, maybe it was a helmet to helmet. They did it in the game earlier, right? In the offensive pass interference, they didn't call on the Rams. Yes, you throw the flag. And then all of a sudden, you kind of said, was a helmet to helmet interference, whatever. Then you get in a huddle. Listen, you got to get it right. It doesn't matter if the game lasts a few more minutes or whatever it takes. You just got to get it right. Get in a huddle because you want to be right. You might say, okay, what did I actually – that's why I look sh- shady. Uh, no, I don't look – no, I, I don't okay. disagree here. Shady's a good word. It, it looks a lot of things. Shady is one of them. Here's a text from the 504 in all caps. Fired up here, 504. Seth, all we're saying is the game should not have been that close in the first place. Again, you're asking for perfection. You're like, well, the Saints, they shouldn't really be mad if they lose unless they play a perfect game. That's what you're saying there. This is – they were 13 and th- are you saying the Rams were a bad team are you saying the Rams weren't worthy of being in the NFC title game we have said all year long these were the two best teams in football almost everybody I talked to last week said this was going to be a close game so you're saying because the Saints didn't blow out the Rams they didn't deserve to win that game what again we're sniping at each other here when we should be sniping at the officials but come on now the fact is that the Saints did enough to win the game, period. Sean Payton called a good enough game where his team was going to win, period. Drew Brees, he wasn't perfect. He did enough to win, period. The offensive line, they were far from perfect. They did enough to win, period. The defense was pretty good, not perfect. They did enough to win, period. End of story. They should have won. Call the dang penalty. You're kicking a 20-yard field goal. Game over. Will Lutz sends the Saints to the Super Bowl. Ten seconds left. You kick it off, squib kick, and unless you got a you know, New Orleans miracle like the miracle in Miami, it's over. My goodness here, people. I, I will never understand, and, and we'll talk to Nick Underhill about this later in the show. I will never understand anybody who is blaming Sean Payton or Drew Brees for the Saints losing that game. That is an incredible lack of understanding of football and, and you can get mad at me for saying that but that's what I firmly believe like that that's where you're going instead of the most obvious thing that everybody in the world saw the most blatant piece of incompetence ever displayed on a national football league field with that no call come on now 
All right. Seth Dunlap here. Tim Zimmer as well. Bobby whoa, whoa, Aber still whoa, hanging I'm out. Go ahead. Right quick, Go ahead, Bobby. Seth. Yeah. Okay. Drew Brees did not play great. He played good. I just look at the stability where Sean Payton's at. To go against right now, Sean Payton and Drew Brees is asinine. Uh, listen, you did not understand the big picture and the stability of a franchise and the chance to truly be a champion. No, I mean, Tom Brady, well, he wasn't. He threw one touchdown, two interceptions, should have been three in that game against Kansas City. I don't hear people saying, well, Tom Brady didn't deserve to win that game. No, that, he wasn't that, perfect. That, are short, that is short-sighted fans that, uh, they, I don't know, they don't know reality. They just, they just I don't know. Like why, I don't understand why they're coming at Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Like it, it would be one thing if they, like you said, if they lost that game, there was no missed call there. I get okay, it. They said they got to see this. But that wasn't the fact. The fact of the game. Times. Times. to win. You got to realize who that nation Saints fans, all you haters out there, the half, the glass half, uh, uh, full. However you describe it. Do you know the last eleven seasons that the Saints are amongst the best in the NFL? They have the fifth best record. At home, only behind the Green Bay Packers. You look. You know who's the number one road team the last decade? The Saints. So listen, we want to win more Super Bowls, but who gives us a chance? Sean Payton and Drew Brees are a big part of that. Yeah. It's not a flash in the pan. Said you're talking about a decade plus. Are you kidding me? Come on. Come on. That's right, Bobby. Come on. All right, back after this on the last lap. Text from the 504, to all the haters, an ugly win is not a sin. Brian in Mid-City. Lots of texts coming in and say, don't blame this on the Saints. Yeah, I, I, I just, I will never understand anybody who comes away from that game and the storyline that they want to paint is, well, the Saints would have won if, if Sean Payton had you know, called a perfect game or Drew Brees had played a perfect game. Like, what? Come on. Be better. Back to the phone lines we go. Jason in Buford, Georgia. What's going on, Jason? Not much. Hey, Bobby. How y'all doing tonight? Hey, Bobby. He's just leaving, but we're good, Jason. Hi. Hey, man. How you doing? Um, yeah. Well, this is this is what I think, and this is this is my opinion. Um, what killed us the most, I think, was not having Ben Watson. Because if you have Ben Watson, I know 100 percent sure he makes that catch. Tom Arnold. Uh, he had the ball. I don't know why he tries to bring it in with a defender on his hip. All he had to do was hold the ball up like he did, and it's a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, look, he's a young player. Um, he made that mistake. It wasn't an easy catch. Was it a catch you got to make in that spot? Yeah, I think Dan Arnold will be the first guy to tell you that. I am curious, Jason, what, what's sports radio over there in Atlanta saying? Oh, I can't stand him. Well, it's Mike. Bobby knows him, Mike Bell. I was listening to him. I want to see what they say about the Saints, and they really – I called up and I called him. wasn't too nice, and he hung up on me. But he's, they, I turned it on, and soon, about five minutes in, they said, yeah, the Saints are done like Steve Gleason. And that really ticked me off. Wait a second here. Wait, when did they say this, Jason? Um, was it this, this morning? What no, show, no, yesterday morning. What show was it? Mike Bell. It okay, I'll, I'll check that out. I'll tell you, if he said something like that, and I'll make sure that's true, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of that one. Kidding me there? If that's true, Jason, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're not right here, but let me double check that. My, Tim, write that down. Mike Bell this morning. I want to I want to listen to that one. Yeah, that's that's just across every line of decency. I have said I said on on Sports Talk today, 
I said that the one thing that I want to come of this, because we're not going to change this result. Again, all the lawsuits and petitions and proclamations and, and Article 17, nothing's going to change the result. What I do hope happens here is the league rectifies this so nothing like this happens to anybody, any fan base out there, and that includes Atlanta. I don't want this happening to Atlanta's fan base. Like, we made fun of Atlanta for 28-3 to because that was on-the-field stuff. If Atlanta had gotten jobbed in the Super Bowl by something like this, you kidding me? I wouldn't be sitting here making fun of Atlanta for that. I'd be going, what in the world are you doing, NFL? I hope that I, I hope you were wrong about that uh, Atlanta sports radio there because that's, again, across every line of decency. Let's go to Kenneth and Marrero. What's going on, Kenneth? Hey, man. Uh I was trying to catch Bobby there. Listen, I was, I'm talking to my friend George, uh, the insurance guy, and came up with something perfect. Okay, we can't play the game back, the lawsuits, all that. But when we when they hit us with that bounty gate, they suspended our coach for a year. Mm-hmm. They char- they took money from the organization and they took draft picks. Okay, you made that mistake, cost us a Super Bowl. Give us draft picks. Give us money. And, and give us uh, some more room on the salary cap, and I think we'll we'll be satisfied with that. Well, I, look, I, everybody would love for them to compensate the Saints with an extra first-round pick, but that's also not going to happen because that sets a dangerous precedent. I mean, was this worth a first-round pick because it was so egregious, but if you know an official misses a holding call late in a regular season game, what's that worth? To be honest, that's a slippery slope, Pandora's box, that I don't even want to open. I don't want to issue compensatory draft picks or salary cap space or whatever it is because of missed calls. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm still a little bit on the fence with reviewing judgment calls by officials, although maybe the – and I know we will talk a lot about this, everybody, as we head into the offseason, but maybe the the solution is – you just keep the two challenges for the coaches, and they can use one of those two challenges to review a call. That way you don't slow down the game even more. We'll take another break here. Plenty of phone calls to go and phone lines open for you if it's busy. Look, we've got lots of callers here, but we'll get them all in. 504-260-1870. That's area code 504-260-1870. Just keep calling, and when lines open up, we'll get you in here. I'm Seth Dunlap. Tim Zimmer along as well. That's the last lap on WWL. All right, welcome back to the show. We'll have a Facebook Live conversation on the WWO Radio Facebook page, live video coming up top of the hour like we do every show. So if you'd like to join us there in that conversation, again, WWO Radio Facebook page coming up in about three to four minutes. Also, our Blue Runner Foods opinion poll at WWL.com. Whose legacy is impacted the most by the no-call? Sean Payton, Drew Brees, or Gail Benson? You can cast your vote at www.com or the radio.com app. Let's go to Wayne in uh, Wagaman. Wayne, welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. How's it going, dude? Hey, it's, I'm okay. Uh, you know, a little better than I was yesterday, Wayne. That's about what we could all say. You know, there's no doubt about it last year. We had a Super Bowl winning team, too. And it was – I was celebrating. Everybody was celebrating. But if there's the one thing that can happen – it always happens to us, you know. And this year we had another great team. And the night before the game, well, I waited for like like a kid all week long for this game and couldn't wait the night before. But the thoughts on me the night before came back of last year. 
you know, I thought if something can go wrong, it's going to go wrong with us. And then it happens. And it happens in front of everybody. I mean, the governor was here, saw national TV, full dome, everything. It's plain as day. It happens again. And, and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, if it's falling on this many deaf ears with this many politicians in that, and, and you watch the NFL channel, uh, the, the show in the mornings they call uh, Good Morning Football, mm-hmm, right. you, you swear that, that Gawk and, and the coach from, from it, uh, Los Angeles was the best thing to slice bread. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> no, I get it. Here's the thing with the NFL Network. That is the league's media outlet. You think they're going to start bashing the league? I mean, they might do soft punches at themselves there. They're not doing any kind of hard investigative journalism. Kidding me? They know who their checks are written by. There's no surprise there. we got a lot to talk about here. Again, Therapy Tuesday. Christian used that word. We're doing it here. Plenty of phone lines, open lines the next hour, really the next two hours for you here. It's Tim Zimmer. I'm Seth Dunlap on the last lap. And we'll be back right now going Facebook Live, WWO Radio Facebook page. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 